Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. I, I find it crazy, Devin Peacock, you just said in your news, there's 32 schools in the Thames Valley District School Board that do not have air conditioning. It works out to 20% of the schools in the public school board that don't have air conditioning. In the year 2018. Yes. The technology has existed for a while. <laughs> Why wouldn't they have air conditioning? Part of it is there's a, like, um, so it's not just London that has this problem. It's right across the province. And there's, you know, limited budgets for all this sort of stuff. And there's a $16 billion back, backlog in terms of updating schools right across the province. So they are up to date. But some of the schools are, you know, like 100 years old. And try putting air conditioning into a new house, like a, to an old house. It's just difficult. It's expensive. Not to say you shouldn't do it, but it's pretty expensive. And when these school boards only have set amounts of money to do this stuff, then this kind of thing happens. I'm just trying to imagine myself in like grade five or six or seven, sitting in a classroom, already dealing with my ADHD, taking popping my Ritalin pills. <laughs> And trying to focus on the lesson plan while sweat just pours. Like yeah. I, I'm before most, you know about deodorant, I'm the most <laughs> hyperactive, sweaty person in the world. Uh-huh. And to deal with those kind of conditions, it is not helping these kids learn what they need to learn. Am I wrong in thinking that I didn't have AC? Like in grade school, we definitely didn't have AC in my little St. Columban school. In high school, I. Th- I can't remember if we did or not, but definitely when I was a kid, like from grade kindergarten to eight, we definitely did not have. Am AC. I wrong to say this that all schools should have air conditioning? Am I just maybe I am just a spoiled city slicker, Jim, who, <laughs> who I can't, grew up expecting air conditioning. I can't remember all my schools. Whether I, got, I know my high school because they rebuilt it halfway through in Toronto. Yeah. It was so it had definitely had air conditioning. But the, my elementary and I went to one of the uh, middle school in Toronto. They were both pretty. They're older. But the one thing that's different from now uh, and then is it's not as consistently hot back when we were going to school as it is now. Like you, you can just see the temperature has risen. The number of days where it's 30 or 32 and above is more frequent now than it would have been like 20 years it's ago. It's this time of year and it's the spring leading into summer that you have to be concerned about. I mean, a month and a half, this won't be an issue. I mean, it's not, not a problem for any of these schools with heat. So you would think like the the inverse of that with air conditioning, it should, yeah. it should be in every school. If they can push heat through a building, why can't they push cool air through a building? Hi, FM 96. Hi, I just wanted to talk about no air conditioners in the school. Yeah, go for it. Who's this? My name is Linda. What do you think, Linda? It really sucked. My children actually go to a small public school in Arva. Uh-huh. And there's no air conditioning at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they have come home on Monday com- or Tuesday complaining about headache. Yesterday, we ended up pulling them from school and took them to Fort Stanley for the day. <laughs> Best mom Man. ever. Yeah. I Second will- day of school. I yeah, wish I didn't have uh, air conditioning. In my, in my, my mom never would have pulled me out to take me to the beach, though. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the best idea, but you know what? When I went to the school to get them, I was greeted by the secretary and two other teachers, and they're literally dripping in sweat. Oh, yeah, those teachers. Jim mentioned the no deodorant thing. Uh. <laughs> and if you're you're teaching those like uh, later elementary years where the kids 
their bodies are changing, but they haven't figured out the whole personal hygiene thing. And it's 42 degrees with the Humidex, no air conditioning. Like you, you're, you're in front of the class with a clothes, uh, clothes peg on your nose. <laughs> and kids have never been more obese, too, so everybody's sweating. That's the worst food. Everyone's out of shape. <laughs> Oh, and I was surprised because there must have been hundreds of kids at the beach. It wasn't just mine. Huh. So they yeah. to get with the program and get up to date. Do you uh, think you're going to let your kids go to school today? It's only going to be 24. Yes, definitely. Suckers. They <laughs> <laughs> did their homework last night, too. Great kids, but still, you know, that's not a very good environment for them. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Well, it'll be interesting to see... Uh, uh, how long it takes them to fix this problem. 32 schools. It's going to take a while. Winter's just around the corner, kids. <laughs> Hang in there. Are you ready for predictions? With the Twins and Devin Peacock. The three-year-old boys and he sets out the size. Be like a cinder block. It's time to double your pleasure and double your fun. With Colin and Cole, the sons of Andrea Dunn. Football season returns tonight. First game of the NFL regular season. And we're so happy we have uh, Dunner, Andrea Dunn does the afternoon show here on FM 96. We have her twin boys, Colin and Cole. They're both still three years old. Doing our uh, our football picks. Going head to head to head with Devin Peacock. Are you ready, Dev? Bring it. Twins get to go first. As tradition dictates, here are their picks this weekend. Good morning, Dad. Hi, Devin and Jim. Hi, Devin and Jim. You guys excited, boys? Football's back. This is the first game of the season. Hi, football. Tonight's game, Atlanta Falcons or Philadelphia Eagles? Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles? Eagles. Buffalo Bills? Or Baltimore Ravens? Baltimore Ravens. Ravens? Ravens. Dallas Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys. What about the other team? (laughs) Dallas Cowboys or Carolina Panthers? Uh, Cowboys. My cousin Connor's team. Cousin likes the Dallas Cowboys, so let's stick with Dallas over Carolina. Sunday night, Chicago Bears or Green Bay Packers? Green Bay Packers. Monday Night Football. Two more games to pick, guys. Uh, The New York Jets or Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions. Uh, Los Angeles Rams or Oakland Raiders? Oh, Oakland Raiders. (laughs) Oakland Raiders. All right, I think that's it. I'm ready for some football. Bye. Bye, Colin. Bye, Cole. Some football. (laughs) Yes, we are. Hi, football. (laughs) The twins are starting the start of the year hot. Hi, Taz. Hi, Jim. Hi, Devin. Hi, football. (laughs) Okay, Dev. You heard the boys. Are you going uh, tonight with the Eagles or the Falcons? I'm going with the Falcons. There's a difference. Ravens or Bills? Ravens. Cowboys. Or Panthers? Panthers. Ooh. Packers or Bears? Packers. <laughs> Jets or Lions? I'm going with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Hello. Rams or the Raiders? 
one with the Rams. Lots of different picks this week. This could be like this could be a tone setter for the entire season because, yeah, a lot of lot of opposite picks. We're gonna post all of them what on the Tash Show the blog at fm96.com. So if you need help making your pearl line tickets, you can decide whether or not you trust Devin Peacock or Cole and Colin, the three year old twin boys. They got those twin psychic powers, man. <laughs> I know it now. <laughs> I said bye. We have to talk about this op-ed in the failing New York Times. An article was written by a senior member of the Trump administration, anonymously, published by the New York Times, according to the paper. The headline is, I'm part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. I work for the president, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations so there is a group of high level people who donald trump thinks are working for him that are secretly working against him well they were until this article was published and now the the secret resistance is not a secret anymore which does not seem like the best strategy (laughs) well there there are people out there saying like is this just kind of some sort of a work where you're basically saying like because it's like if you're a secret resistance you don't advertise it as such but there are people within the administration who might be considered a bit more traditional republican who have been like criticized heavily for being a part of the trump administration so one theory is well you got some people who just want to look like just send a little dog whistle to people like listen i'm not i'm not them i'm not crazy i'm not one of the it's it's like they don't have the courage to stand up and put their name on it but in hindsight when when trump is eventually out of office they'll be like i was the one who wrote the op yeah I, i remember i was one of the good guys uh some highlights of this article Whoever this senior official in the Trump administration is says, many Trump appointees have vowed to do what they can to preserve our democratic institutions while thwarting Mr. Trump, Moore's, uh, his more misguided impulses until he's out of office. The root of the problem is the president's amorality. Anyone who works with him knows he's not moored to any discernible first principles that guide his decision making. Meetings with him veer off topic, off the rails. He engages in repetitive rants, and his impulsiveness results in half-baked, ill-informed, and occasionally reckless decisions that have to be walked back. Tell us something we don't know. We knew this was going to happen before he was president. (laughs) You're describing what we see on television every day (laughs) and what we read on his Twitter account. What a leak. You're also corroborating a lot of what's in the Bob Woodward book, which came out in the Washington Post. So this op-ed piece was in the works before they knew the Woodward stuff was going to come out. But some of the Woodward stuff speaks to some of the things in the in the op-ed where you got, like, Gary Kahn, Cohen apparently, taking, like, sheets of paper off the president's desk that yeah. he's going to sign. Yeah, and then he just, they distract him with with fried chicken or something, <laughs> and then he forgets he was going to sign it, and, and life goes on. Uh, The article continues, given the instability many have witnessed, there were early whispers within the cabinet of invoking the 25th Amendment, which would start a complex process for removing the president. But no one wanted to participate in a constitutional crisis. So we will do what we can to steer the administration in the right direction until one way or another, it's over. You're right. Whoever this is, they're just positioning themselves 
to be the good guy when poop hits the fan, which they obviously feel something's about to happen. Otherwise, why would you put this out there? It's kind of scary because it kind of emboldens the more extreme Trump supporters who are conspiracy theories theorists because like basically they're saying there's like a shadow government behind the scenes pulling strings. It's it's just preventing making, Trump from doing yeah, what he wants to do. It's just showing how dirty and corrupt politics are, which is what like drain the swamp was what Trump was saying. Obviously, he's unable to do it. He's as dirty as anybody in the game, but or dirtier or dirtier. But it's just you know, people in America are going to go nuts if he gets somebody impeached. needs to, somebody needs to stand up. The idea that there would be a shadow government, which there clearly is, is like people might say, "Well, I'm glad these people are are doing that," but that's also wrong because like in the Woodward book, they're talking about how he had this one call to the Secretary of Defense, uh, Jim Mattis, about wanting to assassinate Assad, which people may want, but Mattis hung up the phone and said, we're not doing that, <laughs> which there's there's legitimate reasons not to take that action. Yeah. But when the President of the United States or the leader of your country gives an order... You're supposed to follow it. You're supposed to follow it. Now, you can have a process to like maybe talk him out of it, but you just don't say we don't do that. I almost think this gives Donald Trump an out. He can say, like, when this is all over, he can say, hey, guys, like, I'm crazy. Like, what? Like, if he was on trial. He can say, I've got got some serious mental issues. You guys, for years, have been saying that I have mental issues. You didn't do anything about it. Why would you let me continue in that position when clearly I'm nuts? Like, I, I'm cuckoo. Yeah. For Cocoa Puffs. If, if he was on trial and he pled insanity, wouldn't most people go, yeah, so, yeah, maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, but, and, and he has all, the, all these people who worked with him for years saying that he is not stable. He's not fit mentally to be the president of the United States, but they're not doing anything about it. So does the fault lie on the guy who's nuts or does it lie on the people who know he's nuts and they're not doing anything about it? It is difficult to remove the president from power as it should be. The 25th Amendment has, I don't believe it's ever been invoked. You, you don't have these situations come along because that's where the cabinet itself. I just picture that they, they keep the 25th Amendment. It's like a, uh, one of those old timey constitutional <laughs> documents, but it's behind a plate of glass with the hammer next to it. <laughs> in case of emergency, break glass. Break in, in case of idiot. <laughs> <laughs> if he's unfit, though, like remove, take all legal means yeah. to remove him because. This is the president of the United States. And he he sounds even crazier because he's saying that uh, this op-ed, this article in the failing New York Times, it's fake. It, there's no, it, it's anonymous. It's a fake source. The person doesn't exist. But then a second later, he tweets out, the New York Times better turn over who wrote <laughs> that because it's a case of national security. So it's fake, but he wants them to turn over the person in his administration who wrote it. He's just covering his bases. Just opened up the failing London Free Press and saw the op-ed, <laughs> uh, the op-ed that somebody wrote. I am part of the resistance inside the Taz show. I work with Taz, but Devin Peacock and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. Who wrote this? Well, the fact that it said Devin Peacock and I, I'm going to say Devin Peacock's ruled out. <laughs> Unless that's exactly what he wants us to think. You sneaker. Maybe that- I did, and maybe I did. He doesn't know how to fold up a map or that Lenny from Squiggy was in Spinal Tap. 
He can't do math without the help of an app. We're filling Jim's Generation Gap. Yeah, Jim's Generation Gap here. Uh, Jim is actually filling the gaps now. He was out. Were you on campus yesterday, or where'd you track down the Western students? Yeah, I went to Western University again, just off whatever Western Road, creeping people. Like, I, there's nowhere to park. I didn't want to pay for parking tax. So I'd, like, pull into a little alcove, put on my four ways. Jump out. Hey, jump hey, out. Hey, 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 on the radio? Ladies! <laughs> where are you going? Well, be careful. Watch for campus police, okay? <laughs> Why are you running? <laughs> Uh, Jim is speaking with a young med sci student. Mm -hmm. Her name is Jordan. Hey, it's Jim at uh, Western University playing Jim's Generation Gap. I'm hanging out with... Jordan. Jordan, where are you from? Oakville. Oakville, eh? What do you think of London compared to Oakville? Uh, it's a lot better. The people are a lot uh, nicer. (laughs) (laughs) What are you studying? Uh, I'm in med sci. And what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, No idea. Something to do with research, maybe. You hear that, Oakville? <laughs> London's way better. People are nicer. Oh, snap! Oh, snap! According to Jordan. Okay, our contestant playing along, we've got Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi there. Do you remember back when you were 21 years old or 19 years old going to school? Oh, uh, vaguely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it was someone else's life, huh? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, uh, first question here that Jim is asking to young Jordan. What was the first TV show Will Smith starred in? Do you think she knew the answer to that question? I'm going to say no. What TV show was the first show that Will Smith starred in? Um, Fresh Prince. Oh, Kids love Fresh Prince. You got it. Yeah. yeah. West Philadelphia, born and raised. (laughs) How about this one? What would you pick up at a Blockbuster store? What would you pick up at a Blockbuster store? I'm going to say she got it right. What would you pick up at a Blockbuster store? A movie. Easy. A movie. Mm-hmm. I was surprised it was that easy. You should have asked her how much were late fees. <laughs> <laughs> they were expensive, man. Oh, Remember yeah. Late fees? At one point, you just say, I, I'm going to not ever go back. <laughs> right. I guess I'm not renting movies again. <laughs> and for some people, it would have worked out for yeah, I guess I got to go to Jumbo Video from now on. Uh, how about this? Who hosted The Tonight Show before Jimmy Fallon? This is kind of a tricky question, actually. Who hosted The Tonight Show before Jimmy Fallon? I'm going to say she got that one wrong. Who hosted The Tonight Show before Jimmy Fallon? Oh, Oh, God. Oh, I... I know know who he looks like. Um, Somebody other than... He's like, hey, guys, hey, what's what's going on? You see this in the news? Um... I don't know. Howie Mandel's. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Howie, Howie Mandel. Mandel. Mm, Howie, Howie Mandel. Oh, no. That was a pretty good Jay Leno, though, Jim. <laughs> I thought, like, you at least have heard his impression or heard him being made fun of. You'd think yeah. a kid would hear well, that. Well, it was Leno, but he came back. Conan ah. did the Tonight Show. So that was, I almost would have accepted Conan. You're right. You're right. I would have, too. How about this? Which team did Michael Jordan win his six championships with? What do you think, Cindy? Did Jordan get that that one right? She does not know. Which team did Michael Jordan win six championships with? (laughs) Okay, I'm bad with sports. (laughs) I feel like I should know this just because. Um, Miami. I know Miami Heat is a basketball team. (laughs) Miami Heat. 
Miami Heat is a basketball team. And LeBron James won with them. Yeah, but, but Michael Jordan won with the Chicago Bulls. Sorry, uh, her name is Jordan. <laughs> yeah, her name if is anybody Jordan. should know. How about this last one here? This one, I, I, who was the president before Barack Obama? Who was the American president before Barack Obama? Do you think she got this one right? Um, I'm gonna say yes. Who was the president of the United States before Barack Obama? Oh. oh. Well, technically, George Washington was the president before Barack Obama. I should have said the one directly before. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Did you say she'd know that or she wouldn't know it? She thought she wouldn't know it. Well, then you're right. Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, George Bushington. George W. Washington. (laughs) Hey, I just want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Taz Show podcast. If you want more, subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. All the podcast places.